Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer and I'll see you there. Hello everyone and welcome to a special training called Predictions and Cautions wrapping up the school year and planning for the fall. So today is a very special episode all about understanding how to predict for how we're going to close out this school year and cautions for what is going to be happening in the fall. So I want to just give a kind of overview of what I'm going to be going over in today's training. This is very different than the typical episodes, which are anywhere between, you know, 15 to 20 minutes long. This is a much longer episode because I'm really going to be diving into some really core pieces of content that are going to be super critical for you to understand how to strategically plan for the coming school year and to end your year with excellence. I think that as leaders, we spend a tremendous amount of time in execution and going and going and going and working really hard to execute on our plan. And what we also want to make sure that we're taking the time to do is that we're taking time to look ahead, to predict, to understand cautions and minefields and traps that we might fall into if we don't look at these things. And so I am committed to, as a leader in this space and as the founder schools of excellence, to give you information that you need to make strategic decisions and choices about your center. So I'm going to be sharing with you guys some predictions first of what are some of the things that are going to be happening in the next couple of months. And then I'm going to be walking you through some things to be aware of and cautioned about as we go into the fall of 2021. And then I'm also going to be giving you some strategies to help you make good choices about what to do with all this information. A lot of times we get information our data, or we listen to a podcast, or we read a blog post, or we listen to the news, and we hear something, and we don't understand how to take action on that specific piece of information. So that is why today is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, so I can go slower, so I can give you the information that you need, so you can make good decisions. As a leader, your ability to slow down and make strategic decisions and choices about the next steps in your center is the difference between success and failure. You guys want to consistently be on this growth path. Growth doesn't always mean in numbers or expansion. Growth means in your mindset. Growth means in disruption of thinking. Growth means in how your staff are becoming more resilient. And so to do that, you need to be listening 
to strategic advice, like what we're going to be doing here today. So the first thing I want you to look at, and this is not necessarily a giant eye-opening prediction, but this is something to look at. Your staff are going to be ending the school year more exhausted and stressed out than they typically do at the end of a school year. So at the end of the school year, most times teachers will be really tired, super excited about the summer, taking it slow, having a break. You're going to be seeing a lot more tired teachers. And the reason for that is, is because of the hiring issues that so many schools are seeing right now. Many, many schools are short staffed which means the staff that are on site are pulling double weights. They're carrying multiple responsibilities and their mental bandwidth and their physical capabilities are draining themselves. More than that, there isn't even enough margin to replace energy, right? Every single day, teachers and you guys are outputting energy to be in the classrooms, to be in the centers. The challenge is because they're short staff and because everyone's pulling multiple roles, people are constantly pulling in from their reserve bank to show up with more energy. Well, when you're constantly pulling into your reserves, eventually the reserves tap out unless you pour back into them. The problem is we don't have time to pour back into our reserves. And so what happens is at the end of the year, what we're predicting is teachers are going to be pulling into empty buckets. And so there's going to be exhaustion. When there is a high rate of exhaustion and stress, you will see many teachers opt out and not want to return or not want to work during the summer or will be asking for certain things um, if you do want them to return. And so what you want to be looking at as a leader is, okay, here's my teacher roster. Who here is at risk for burnout? Who here is at risk for high levels of stress? The first people that you look at who are at risk for burnout and high levels of stress are working moms, specifically working moms of young children from birth to 10 years old. Those are the children that need a tremendous amount of physical and mental energy when the mom comes home after an eight hour shift. And so when you're looking at your teacher roster, which is the number one thing you want to do after you get off of today's training is look at the roster and say, who is at risk for burnout? Who are my working moms of young children? What do they need to minimize? You are not extracting or absolving them from stress or exhaustion. Welcome to life. What you're looking for is, is there any way that I can minimize or reduce their stress load so that they don't come to the end of the year completely tapped out? Remember, we're not looking for 100% bulletproof solutions. We're looking to manage a little bit better some of the people who are at risk to heading in this direction. Okay, so that is my first prediction of what's happening. A lot of high stress, a lot of exhaustion and burnout, which will impact your retention rate. So if you want to have a higher retention rate at the end of the school year where people are coming back, you want to be looking at your roster and saying, who needs this support right now? Who needs this help? Okay, so that's number one. Number two is acquisitions. A huge thing that I am supporting owners of multiple locations right now. So if you're an owner and you're watching or you're listening to this, perk your ears up, okay? 
One of the things that I'm helping owners right now do is acquisitions, not acquisition from the financial standpoint. I don't do that. There's amazing other people that help with acquisitions. What I do is I come in right after the acquisition takes place because here is a prediction that is extremely important to recognize if you are going through acquisition or if you are thinking of acquisition. One of the reasons why acquisition is so high up on people's radars is because schools that have cash are acquiring other centers that have been going under because of the pandemic, because of the state of the economy. And so there are a lot of owners and leaders that are looking at acquisition, which is an incredible strategy. Here's what happens during acquisitions. You are acquiring the center, the center directors and the staff. So sometimes in the acquisition, you're just acquiring all the staff and you hire the leaders. Sometimes you're just acquiring everything, the staff, the directors, the assistant directors, the administration. What happens in acquisitions is when there is a new leader, the current people, walls go up. Boom. Trust is down. Walls are up. You're a new person. I don't know you. I don't trust you. You know, guilty until proven innocent. And so what happens in many acquisitions is the leader gets very focused on all of the minutia of the acquisition because there are so much paperwork and legalities and logistics and all of these things and branding and marketing and launching that we forget a critical component and a critical metric that ensures success of the acquisition. And that is training the leaders to understand how to develop relationships in the aftermath of an acquisition. It's a very different strategy of developing relationships of current staff or of new staff that are coming in. An acquisition is different. And so one of the things that I have been putting onto my calendar is I am helping a handful of owners who are going through acquisition right now understand the strategies that need to be put into place when you are going through acquisition or when you are purchasing another location and you're going to be staffing for that, okay? So what's important to remember with predictions of acquisition, whether or not this pertains to you, is when you are purchasing another location or you are acquiring a new location or you are looking at expansion, it is not just about the paperwork and the legalities and logistics of acquisition. There is a giant culture and training component that is needed to drive consistent, stable success of the acquisition and of the company. And that is what I want you to be aware of is you need to train your people to do this. So whether you outsource it and you hire schools of excellence to help you guys with that, or you do your own research, whatever it is, predictions, be aware acquisitions require a different culture strategy as you acquire those locations. So that is the second thing that I want to talk about when it comes to predictions of what's coming. So the first thing we spoke about was exhaustion and high stress levels. The second thing I just shared was about the acquisition strategy to understand to what's coming. Okay, the next thing that's going to be happening as a prediction for the fall of 2021 is if you have a kindergarten, and I know that many childcare facilities have opened kindergartens during the pandemic um, last year, and many of them are looking at opening kindergarten and school age programs over the course of the next couple months and starting in the fall because there is a huge need for it. What you're going to be seeing a lot is children are going to be entering kindergarten a little bit older than they typically are. The reason for that is, is because many children 
have been, many parents have opted for distance learning and virtual experiences. And so now that their children are going back for in-person learning, they don't want their kids to go straight to first grade because there are a lot of foundational skills that children need that they learn in kindergarten. And so if you are an owner or a director or a regional leader or whoever you are, and you have a kindergarten or are looking to open a kindergarten for the fall, please be mindful that their children will be a little bit older. And so the way that you stack and organize your enrollment, how you group the children together, when you're looking at hiring, right? Are you hiring for a five and six-year-old teacher or a six and seven-year-old teacher, right? What are going to be the standards in that curriculum for the kindergarten? If those children are a little bit older, like what does that look like? So again, this isn't about giving you answers right away. This is about you understanding that there are things coming and there are things that you want to be predicting and looking at so you can make strategic decisions as a leader. The other thing that we want to be looking at as we're making predictions to end the school year is people are looking for human connection. People want it. People are craving it. They want to be in the same room as other people. And so while I know so many schools are operating in person, there are still a lot of restrictions and guidelines over teachers kind of going into classrooms with one another. They're going into break rooms together. And so something to be mindful of to look ahead to is how can you safely bring all your staff together in one room to wrap up the school year? I think it is critical that your team come together in person and have eyes to eyes, nose to nose, toes to toes contact with each other because people need that. Your staff need that. I remember when I left the classroom and I started building schools of excellence, um, one of the things that I really miss more than ever was my in-person friendships. The people that I worked with every single day in the building were my friends. And so the moment I had left the building, sure, I keep in touch with some of them, but really it's not this deep friendship like it was when you see someone every single day in an eight-hour shift. And so there's a lot more intentionality that I have to put in to cultivating relationships that I have. So when we look at predictions, as you're looking at planning out the next couple of months, one of the things that you want to put on your calendar is some sort of in-person experience for all of your staff. Now, if you are an owner and you are looking at, okay, how do I fit this all in? How does this get planned? What happens here? I am doing a special workshop called the Ideal Work Week for high achieving owners and school leaders. So if you're interested in information on that, it's a small 90 minute training in a closed secret Zoom room just for a handful of owners. We're already almost booked out. We have a couple more spots left. We are going to be mapping out the remainder of the school year together so you can wrap up the year with success. If you're listening to this on the podcast, we have the link here in the show notes that you can check out as well. So those are my predictions for you for 2021 as we're kind of wrapping up this year of what's coming. Now I want to shift gears a little bit and I want to go into some of the cautions that I want you to look out for as you are planning for maybe a little bit of a quieter summer, maybe taking some time off, maybe going to the beach, dare I say sitting down and doing nothing. 
maybe digging into family, leaning in a little bit more, um, and just taking a little bit of that slower pace. We want to know what we need to be cautioned about for what's coming. I think what March of 2020 really taught us is these surprises and this uncertainty. And uncertainty, this indefinite uncertainty, is going to continue. It's, it's, there is no time stop on that. And the reason I want to take the time to go into some of these cautions that I want you to look out for is because the more that you could mentally prepare yourselves for what these cautions are, the better equipped your center is going to be to navigate chaos and all of the uncertainty that comes its way. So let's go into some of the cautions. Number one, back to school is not going to be the normal back to school. So just like in this September, when there was back to school, it was anything but normal, right? My kids were doing daily temperature checks and they were wearing masks every single day. And there was a ton, a ton, a ton of regulations in September. Granted, a lot of those have been eased off as basically all of the teachers in our kids' schools are vaccinated. And there's a lot of these things happening. We're really looking at, okay, what is the new normal? What happens now? What we still want to be cautioned of is back to school for many people and for many children is still not going to be back to normal because there is this redefinition of what does normal look like, right? So many times um, throughout this year, I was in a carpool line for a very long time and I was talking to a mom who was in the school last year and she was like, you know, this isn't normal. Like usually the carpool line is like, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I was like, this is the new normal. Like the carpool line is 40 minutes because nobody can get out of their car and walk into the building. And I don't know if and when that is ever starting again. So the new normal is a 40 minute carpool line, right? So recognizing the cautions of what does back to school, back to normal actually mean? Okay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and this is what I'm going to be spending a big majority of today's episode on, is this concept called surge capacity. And surge capacity is a terminology coined by Ann Mastin. If you want to go check her out, you could go Google her. And surge capacity is what we draw on, the resources, the internal resources that we draw on for short-term survival. So when there's a hurricane, when there's a tornado, if there's a tsunami, when there's, I don't know, lightning hits or there's a car crash or there's a hospitalization in the family, whatever it is, surge capacity is a human being's ability to draw on resources inside of themselves that they didn't even know existed for short term survival. We've all had moments like that, right? We've all had moments of surge capacity, of short term survival. Now, the challenge with that is I'm going to share with you an analogy to help you understand why this concept is something that is so important to be cautioned about. If you are creating an emergency fund or you are creating, um, you know, a college fund or a house fund or a retirement fund, right? You are creating something for a long-term financial strategy for your family. And so you might have a system where every week you put an X amount of money into this fund or every month automated goes a certain amount of money into this place. Now, 
that's a great strategy if there's all this input and no output, right? It stays in there, right? That's the point of the emergency funds that you keep adding and you keep building this giant cushioning for when there is crisis, for when there is an emergency, for when there is a medical or, or a natural disaster or whatever it is. Now, what what's happening in this season and in this year and for, for months to come is we don't have enough time to rebuild our resiliency bank account. We are constantly pulling out of the resources of our resiliency, of our mental capacity, of our physical energy to constantly ride the crisis and the uncertainty and the chaos and the ambiguity. And there's no time to refill the resiliency bank account. So, so many of you I know have practices to build confidence and resiliency. And those practices are daily gratitude, daily meditation, sleeping, nutrition, health, wellness, um, deep relationships, playtime, rest time, family time. All of those things get poured into creating a cushion for resiliency, okay, for mental toughness, for navigating crisis and uncertainty. The challenge is, is that we're not having the ability to pour into that bank enough to create a cushion to constantly dip into it. Because what's happening is how many of you feel like every day your confidence takes a beating? How many of you feel like at least once a day you're second guessing yourself? How many of you feel like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just get someone to pour a ton of confidence all over me so I have enough to just take me to the next two hours, let alone the rest of the day. What's happening is, is all these things are being thrown at you. How do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do this? Right? Someone has this question for you. Someone has this question for you. Someone wants to ask you this. Someone wants to pull this. Hey, Danielle, can I just get two minutes of your time? Brain dump all over you. Verbal vomit. Take care of this. Take care of this. And what's happening is, is you're constantly pulling out of yourself. Output, 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 output. And there's no pausing to do input, 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 input. So important to me, so important to me, so important to me. You're pouring out all the time. Nobody's pouring back in here. And there's no reserves because you ain't got time to pour into the reserves. And then we're wondering why our leaders are shot with their confidence, are second guessing themselves, are firing reactive decisions. Cultures are struggling. Hiring crises are happening. And the state of our industry is really shaky. And so much of that has to do with the ripple effect of what I talk about, right? The director, the leader is at the center of the ripple effect. And when you are shaky, everything around you shakes. And let's go a step further. The directors are spending so much of their time trying to consistently stabilize it, right? It's almost like when you're standing on this like shaky, what's it called? On this shaky piece of wood, Right. So my kids do this all the time. And every once in a while, they bring me on there where like there's this plank of wood and they're trying to balance themselves on it. Right. The person who wins that game is the person who doesn't try to make it stable because it's never going to be stable. It's always going to be wobbling because that's the way your body moves. The person who stays on it the longest is the person who knows how to ebb and flow how to constantly move their body and just keep that equilibrium there, right? So sometimes you go, oh, oh, and then I pick it up a little bit and then it goes shaking, oh, got it. So the person 
who actually creates the most stability and security is the person who stops fighting it, is the person who stops trying to create solutions and actually invests in teaching themselves and their team how to manage ambiguity, how to manage uncertainty, how to manage indefinite chaos. Those are the leaders that are maintaining and growing. Because when you are constantly fighting the chaos, when you are constantly trying to find solutions for everything, let me tell you something. Eight out of the 10 things on your plate don't have solutions. They do not have solutions. The solution is to how do I manage this better? There is no, here's the solution. Here you go. And here's your receipt. So I want to hear a yes in the comments. How is this resonating? What, what are you hearing, right? And if you're listening to the podcast episode, come back into the Facebook group after and continue the conversation with us. These are important conversations to be having. This caution of surge capacity, of reaching the end, like everyone is, it, you're, you're not just at capacity. You are beyond capacity. You have zero margin for error. Zero. Because there's almost nothing in that reserve. And so what we're trying to do is broken. It's not working. You can't keep trying to find solutions for things that don't have solutions. We have to start understanding how to manage the ambiguity and the loss and the uncertainty and the chaos and constantly see, okay, how do I pour myself into confidence today? How do I become more mentally tough today? What do I need to do to build resiliency today? So instead of planning for dual realities, it's the reality is this and the planning is managing this, right? Like I gave the example of the plank of wood. And so this is the challenge where we need to shift our mindsets from becoming solution oriented to becoming leaders that know how to manage chaos and uncertainty that know how to build confidence in themselves, build resiliency in themselves, and they know how to train others how to do that. And this is a huge part of the curriculum that my team and I are planning out for our owners and our directors in our um, directors in our circle and our owners HQ groups is how are we going to train our people how to get more confidence, how to build more confidence, how to become more resilient? That is what leaders need more of now. And so that is what we are going to be consistently training our leaders on. And if you want training on confidence, on resilience, because it's a skill and it's something you need to constantly have someone pouring into you, Drop a comment here. We'll also leave a link for you to apply for our directors in our circle and our owners HQ group. So you could definitely check that out as well because we need to stop being solution oriented. We need to be resiliency focused. We need to understand how to manage that. So finding this particularly challenging, being short staffed this year. Yes. And so what's happening is, is leaders keep telling me, honey, I'm going to go do all this great stuff when I'm fully staffed. I'm going to go take care of this when I'm fully enrolled. I'm going to go do this when this happens. I'm like, great, girlfriend. What's the due date on being fully staffed? You don't have a due date? Amazing. So if you don't have a due date on when you're going to be fully staffed, stop trying to keep pushing off something that is going to ensure that you don't die while you're trying to be fully staffed. 
right? So if you don't have a due date on when you're going to be fully enrolled, then learn the strategies to manage the insanity while you're trying to get fully enrolled. Because what's happening is we're thinking backwards. We're like, okay, I'm going to learn this once I'm fully staffed. I'm going to do this once this happens. There's no due date on when you're going to be fully staffed. There is no due date on when you're going to be fully enrolled. Nobody knows the answer to that question. There's no due date on that. And so there's no due date on that. What are you doing to manage all the insanity of being short staffed while you're waiting to be fully staffed? Are you just treading water? Are you just doggy paddling? You can only doggy paddle for so long, right? Think about trying to tread water in an ocean. You can only tread water for so long until your body gives out. That's surge capacity. Every single leader on this live or listening to this podcast, and if you're listening to this podcast and you have a friend who you know might be struggling with this, please share this with her. Please save a life. Because I am telling you, I hear the insides of what's going on and the stress that leaders are under is breaking them because they are doggy paddling and doggy paddling and doggy paddling and hoping that if I just doggy paddle for another few minutes, I'm going to get to the end. I'm going to reach the shore. If I just tread water for a couple more minutes, the, the shore is in sight. It's not. You are in the middle of the ocean and there is no shore. That is what it feels like to be short-staffed. You are in the middle of the ocean and you don't know when you're going to be fully enrolled to cover this payroll. That is what that feels like, guys. Guys, I'm looking right at you. I know exactly what you're going through. And it's scary and it's lonely and you feel like crying at the end of every single day because it is so much for one person to handle. And even if you have such a great handle on your finances, on this, on that, and you have great self-care routines and you have all of these different things, it's not going to take you over because the chaos and the uncertainty and the ambiguity is constant. Okay. I want to pause for a second and I want you to intake this. Let me know in the comments if you're like, okay, finally, I understand what I'm experiencing. This is what's going on. Breathe through it. You're not alone. You are not alone. The center next door is going through the same thing. You're not alone. So let me know in the comments if you're feeling that so that we can all see the camaraderie and come together and realize we're not alone. Right? We're feeling that. We're feeling what's going on here. Helps to know I'm not alone. I love that. Breathe. Yes. Breathe, breathe through it. We're here. We're going to find some ways to manage this and make this easier for all of us. Okay. So I want to share kind of a personal example of something that happened to me and then go into some strategies to help you guys. Um, It feels so liberating to hear that. I feel like I can never accomplish anything for the constant interruptions during the day. Yes. Yeah. And the interruptions are not stopping. They're not going away. So about six weeks ago, I was hosting um, a huge event in my house, huge party, of a lot of different family members and friends. And I all of a sudden started feeling some shortness of breath. And I excused myself to the bedroom. And before I know it, before I knew it, I was in a full-blown panic attack. Um, and it lasted about 10 minutes. And I was completely holding on to my chest because I could not breathe. 
And my husband was sitting next to me and he was kind of helping me breathe through it and just kind of really just breathe and like mentally get myself out of this state of panic and anxiety. And when I finally got on the other side of it, I started asking myself, like, what happened here? Like, why did this happen? I have so many systems and processes in place to take care of myself, to fuel myself, to give myself margin and space and abundance and and expansion so that I don't have a panic attack because there is so much responsibility and things on my plate. And I thought I had a pretty good system and structure to ensure that I don't fall apart. And as I started to review it, I'm like, you know what? There's so much that's coming at me. And what I have in place isn't enough to support the constant change. This system that I have isn't enough to carry the amount of consistent changes and responsibility and ambiguity that I'm constantly managing my brain and my heart and physically right? Because I'm also the mom of four kids. I'm not just the CEO of a company. I also have four kids I need to take care of who are under the age of 10. And so just recognizing, firstly, how hard what I'm carrying is helped me give myself expansion of, okay, what do I need to start doing differently to help me get out of this mess? to ensure that I don't get myself into another panic and anxiety attack. And so the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is because we are all fallible human beings and there is no one system or structure or process or routine or practice that is going to ensure that you don't get overwhelmed, that you don't, you know, get burnt out, that you don't pull the covers over your head and say, not it, somebody deal with all this shit today. It's not me, right? There's no one thing. There's no one solution. And I want you guys to actually embrace a multi-tiered approach of how can I build more resiliency within myself as a caution for what's going to happen in the fall? Guys, things are not going to get easier in the fall. We're going to solve some of these problems and we're going to have new ones. Things are not going to quiet down in the fall. You're still going to have staffing issues. There's still going to be enrollment struggle. There's still going to be mental health issues. There's still going to be tantrums. Kids are still going to misbehave in the classroom. There's still going to be transition challenges. There's still going to be financial struggles. Things don't magically stop. And so we need to stop looking for solutions all day long and really look at what are the practices and rhythms to help us consistently replenish and refuel and take care of ourselves. So I want to share what those strategies are with you guys. And I know this episode is much longer than my usual ones, but I think this is an important one. This is an important conversation to have about how to predict how to plan, and how to be aware of what's coming. So I am going to do a whole separate episode. um, If enough people request it, I want to do a whole separate episode on what ambiguous loss is. Because sometimes we look at loss or grief as the loss of a loved one. And ambiguous loss is loss that is hard to 
pinpoint or say, that's what I miss or that's what I'm grieving. It's more ambiguous. But that kind of loss still goes through the five stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance, and then finding meaning. And so if you want an understanding of how we work through these things in our centers, drop me a DM. um, And if we have enough people that are interested, I'd love to do a whole other conversation around ambiguous loss, because we're seeing a lot of that in our schools. Ambiguous loss is the loss that's not tangible, right? It's the loss of your ability to walk in in the morning and give every single teacher a hug. You don't have that now. Ambiguous loss is being able to stand in the parking lot and high five mama or, you know, go out and have coffee together without. That's ambiguous loss. It's a loss that's not tangible. And it's the loss that if you say that you miss that or you're grieving that, you can feel ashamed or guilty. So you're writing here, your husband was there to walk you through the moment with you. Every owner director needs a somebody to walk through the difficult days, reminding us to breathe, speaking peace into our day, reassuring us that, yes, this is for now, not forever. Make sure you all have a somebody. Oh my gosh, yes. So that's what community is for. That's what mentorship is about, right? That's what these things are for because you can't do this alone. And thinking that you should is crazy. Because no one can do this alone. So thank you for recognizing that. Yeah. Okay. So some practical strategies. Number one, remove the thinking of we have to do this. We need to do this. This needs to happen. This needs to happen. And embrace the, okay, we could do this and we can do this. It's the this and not this or that. This and create more flexibility in your thinking. So that's the first one. My second strategy to kind of embrace these practices is deep empathy and high accountability. You cannot lead your company just with empathy for every single person, for every struggle that they're going through. You're still running an organization. You need to hold people accountable. People still need to come on time. People still need to fill in their reports. People still need to be in the classroom on time after their breaks. People still need to be held accountable to their responsibilities that drive their paycheck. But lead with empathy and accountability, right? This and this. Empathy and accountability. Okay? And we have a lot of podcast episodes on this. We do a ton of training on this in our directors in our circle and our owners HQ group. We do a lot of role playing on this and this empathy and accountability. I hear you. I appreciate that. Thank you for sharing that with me. And this. Okay. That's our difficult conversation template. Um, And so those are some of the series of episodes that we're releasing on difficult conversations. Make sure to check back to those episodes as well. Um, If you're not subscribed yet to the Schools of Excellence podcast, go check that out on Apple, on Spotify, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, we're everywhere. Schools of Excellence podcast. Make sure to subscribe. Please rate it and leave us a review. That's how more people find out about our podcast. Um, we already have dozens and dozens of reviews. And the more we get, the more we climb up in the charts so that more people like you can hear about us. So this and thinking, deep empathy and accountability. 
The third strategy I want to share with you is fulfilling activities. Making sure that every single day on your calendar, there is activity that fuels your bucket. There is activity that fuels you, not output. It's input. And the last thing is, what are the activities that build your resiliency bank account? Because recognizing what those are are going to be critical for your continued success and staying in this field. So just to really bring all of these things here together, because I shared a lot here on this episode Um, And I would definitely go back and re-listen to some of the different pieces if different things resonated with you. There's a lot of predictions for what's coming. There's things to be cautioned about, like surge capacity and back to normal. There's strategy. There's hope to look for. There's different tangible things you could do right now. But the biggest thing I want to leave you guys with is this. Every single person, including you, is doing the best that they can with what they've got. And breathing that in, recognizing it, knowing that you are truly doing your best. And if someone isn't showing up for you the way that they usually do, first giving them grace that they probably are doing their best. And it's a rough week or it's a rough day for them. Leading with that empathy and then holding them accountable. So as you go into your day, I want to really give you hope, confidence, courage, bravery, and know that you're doing one of the hardest jobs in the world. Leading and managing leaders of children and children. And remember that it's okay if you're not always at 100% of your game. And remember that when you're constantly fighting against, let me just do this one more thing. Let me check this one more thing off my to-do list. Let me um, hustle a little bit harder over here. Stop. Don't hustle. Don't race to finish it. Pause. Go do some resiliency bank filling. Fill the resiliency bank account. Go take a walk. Go eat a sandwich. Go have a fruit. Go drink some water. Go listen to music. Go do a meditation. Go write gratitude. Go take a long bath if you're home. Go into the swimming pool. Whatever it is, don't fight harder. The more that you push and push, It hurts. It catches up to you. So instead of pushing harder, slow down. Take care of yourself in that moment. And then come back again. You'll have renewed energy to tackle whatever it is. So I really love to hear from you guys. Was this episode helpful? Do you want to be seeing more of these kind of longer, in-depth episodes and conversations around predictions, around cautions, around different things that are coming. If you do, let me know in the comments, drop me a message on Facebook or on Instagram, wherever social you're on. Let us know, leave us a review, let us know 
because as we plan out more of these episodes, I want to know what's valuable for you guys so that we can continue to deliver amazing content for all of you. So thanks for listening to today's episode. Please remember to rate and leave us a review if you haven't yet and share this episode with other amazing school leaders. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.